0: How do you say no to your patients? Lay down boundaries. Winston Churchill famously said that tact is the ability to tell someone to go to hell while also making them look forward to the trip. That's what we're gonna be discussing today on the Esthetics Mastery Show. Learning how to lay down boundaries in life is an absolutely essential skill. Do it badly, you end up with a one-star review. Don't do it at all, you end up resenting your patients and not feeling good about your work. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. If you're looking forward to learning about it, give us a like before we dive in. We really appreciate those likes. So I've seen a number of interesting questions on forums from aesthetic health care professionals who are looking for advice on where to draw boundaries with their patients. The typical shape that these questions come in is that the patient themselves actually knows that they look a little bit unnatural but likes that potential look and will tell the clinician that they actually feel happier that way. Now, most of us intuitively understand that we're there to make our patients happy, but there's something about the situation where the patient is asking for something that you feel uncomfortable with that really needs to be unpacked so that you can do work that you're proud of and place boundaries in a way that doesn't end up with you getting a one-star review because you've made the patient feel judged and rejected or stupid for asking, which happens more commonly than you might think. Essentially, in this situation, we have two choices. Do something that you don't believe in, that you feel uncomfortable with, or lay a boundary and risk your patient being unhappy and rejected. This is what makes it so difficult, and this is what we're gonna discuss in some detail. So let's start to unpack the problem. Now remember the crucial elements of this are that the patient is not Insecure, she hasn't got body dysmorphia and hates herself. She just wants to create a different result that makes her stand out in the same way as a tattoo might, for example. It's not necessarily about um, some sort of body dysmorphia that you need to protect your patient from. It's something more complex than that, which is why I find it a bit more interesting. The first thing about these situations, and in fact, any situation where you're saying no and laying down boundaries, is that you need to understand your own philosophy and also the philosophy of your profession. Now, as you all know, everything I do is, is made for medical professionals and we have an underlying philosophy about how we make decisions, but it's not necessarily well taught in how to apply this to cosmetic procedures. We need to figure out also how to apply it to individual patients because every patient is unique. When you've not formed this clearly in your mind, you just feel uncomfortable. So the first thing to do is to pay attention to when you feel uncomfortable with your patients. In fact, I think this is the word that people use most often in these situations when discussing on forums. I would just feel uncomfortable treating her. We need to know why because you need to explain that to your patient because I believe at the bottom of that is really good intent that anyone could understand. It's not necessarily a judgmental or a harsh feeling to have, that this discomfort normally comes from a good place. So on social media, I do think this often sounds so easy in the comments. You know, we always hear from those who would loudly refuse to treat, and everyone who isn't sure or is in between fades out of the comments. So I have a sneaking suspicion that there are many more shades of grey in real life when you're dealing with the real person in your clinic. Your own objectives also can cloud your view, and if you've yet to articulate your philosophy, you may find it tricky to handle these situations um, with elegance so let me give you some cover first of all if you are one of those people this is a really hard situation to manage refusing someone who's maybe come a long way to see you who's booked time out of your diary maybe you've even bought the product for them and they believe they're just going to walk in and have a treatment and you say no it is a recipe for frustration and that frustration means there's risk in saying no to the clinician We all know that refusal can easily make people feel judged, you can make them feel dismissed, or like you only care about your own agenda and not about them and their way of life. Classically, this happens if your first port of call is to use your reputation as an excuse not to treat. So I've done this myself, I've said to patients, you know, it's not the kind of treatment I want to be associated with. And if you think about this, this is quite an insulting thing to say, and there is a better way to do it. And this all comes from the selfish reasons we say no, and it's the selfish reasons we say no that get us into trouble with those one-star reviews. Now, the other side of this problem is when you give the patient a benefit of the doubt and you end up trying to inject them in a way that's kind of okay for you and hopefully gets them what what they're happy with, or you completely give up your particular ethos and you do exactly what they ask, and if they're happy, you just move on with your day and you try and leave that icky feeling behind with your next patient. So there is a better way. Let's start with the first part of this. I was so pleased to see many people resonating with my video on happy patients. The core of that video is the idea that what healthcare professionals are compelled to do is act in their patients' best interests. But how can you apply that to cosmetic procedures? Doesn't cosmetic imply that there's no benefit beyond what you can see? I think that word is somewhat tainted and I don't really like the term cosmetic purely because I don't think what I do is purely cosmetic. In my view, medical professionals cannot ethically justify a purely cosmetic procedure, because if it isn't going to affect health, you cannot justify the risks that go with that invasive procedure. Just because it matches a ratio or just because the patient wants it is not ethically enough if you call yourself a healthcare professional. Everything we do must be done with the intention of, of improving the confidence of the individual so that they can engage more positively with the society that they live in and maximize their ability to collaborate and survive in their their community. This is the biopsychosocial model of health, and you can easily apply it to medical aesthetics. But it's also where it gets tricky, because someone having these more extreme unnatural treatments may well report that they feel more confident with unnatural proportions, and they may also be right. Yet, we instinctively know that there is more to it. Now, it's here in this moment when your patient is saying, this is a form of self-expression for me, it's how I feel, I feel happy this way, that we confront one of the many laudable modern ideas that we have in our society, which is one of tolerance, celebrating difference. And you can feel that maybe you're being unkind in some way by refusing this person's ability to express themselves. I love all those ideals, but I believe this is not an idea that you can use to justify medical interventions for important reasons. Although this idea is how we wish society was, it's not the reality of how society works. Your appearance absolutely does affect your chances in life. It's wonderful to aim for that not to be the case and to treat everyone equally, but we also have to deal with the reality that society does not treat people equally if they look bizarre. You will get a different response if the first thing people notice about you is you know, hugely disproportionate lips. And you may not know what that response is because it may be suppressed, it we have to believe that it happens because there's enough evidence on how appearance can affect things um, that we we have to take that into account with our decision making so how we look drastically affects our ability to tap into the power of the people around us to communicate and to collaborate well with others is why appearance matters now although everyone you ask will tell you that they don't have cosmetic treatments for other people they do it for themselves I believe this desire to maintain your appearance comes from a survival instinct. I often use the example of eating. We do it because we're hungry, not because we're after nutrition. The desire has its root in survival, just like appearance does. We maintain ourselves because we understand that that's going to affect our chances of engaging with society. My job as a doctor working on appearance is to make changes which facilitate confidence and are not likely to harm how my patient is received in their community. The treatment plan that I produce has to work both from the patient's perspective, but also from the outside in. I often say this to patients, it needs to make you feel right from the inside out, but also be received correctly from the outside in. And this is because I'm responsible for much more than just how you feel. I'm also responsible for your function within society. Built into this is my belief that we are constantly making little assessments about people to see if they are people we can easily trust and collaborate with. And this is the other side of what I'm responsible for in medical aesthetics. I cannot only be responsible for how my patient says that they feel. I have to take a reasonable assessment of how they are likely to be received. Unfortunately, I believe that if you distort or change a human face beyond what is natural, you are limiting the number of people who will read that person as someone they would like to collaborate and trust and work with, and this isn't always true because if you're in a certain cohort, you know if you're in, in the, a cohort of people who, who change their faces, you actually are more trustable by those people. They understand you. but if someone is doing something where I'm uncertain about their social the social impact, the uncertainty is what starts to stop you. I must care deeply about how my patient feels. Of course that's number one, but I must also care about how they may be received because their appearance is a tool to engage with society and is therefore part of their health. If they ask for something that places any of the attributes of health at unnecessary risk, as a professional, I cannot do that procedure. Now, it's important to admit to your patient that you may be wrong with some patients. It's possible that in certain circles, extreme treatments and body modifications are a net advantage to the person, but we have no way of knowing from the clinic. If I was wrong and my patient suffered as a result... And were excluded in some way or overlooked for opportunities or bullied i would feel awful about that so when i decline a treatment i must first explain my philosophy i understand and accept that you will feel happier but as a doctor i need to feel as certain as possible that the changes i make will both make you feel confident and help you connect and build trust with others though that may be possible the further we get from natural the more risky it is that you may be at a disadvantage And I really care about your overall health. And I'm ethically obliged as a healthcare professional to put that above all the other requests. I'm willing to accept that I might actually be wrong on this. There is a small probability in my view that you could be happier and healthier with a treatment that isn't natural. But I simply can't take the risk. That's essentially my professional obligation is to make decisions with you that are most likely to benefit your health. And when that likelihood drops, I have to be cautious, rein myself in, because my overall obligation is to make sure that you're healthier at the end of my intervention and not less healthy. And I don't know all things about your life, but I know enough about human interaction that I just feel some uncertainty. It's as simple as that. It's not, I I don't know for sure, you could be right, but I feel uncertain enough that I can't go forward. And for that reason, because I have your interests at heart, I can't do this particular treatment. Now, as you do these things, I probably would do it in an even more gentle way in the consultation. But you really do need to note your tone of voice. You really should try and stay warm and caring and positive. Note your own feelings inside as well, because it's possible actually sometimes to feel anger with people who are asking you for terrible results in your eyes. If you convey any judgment or contempt for them in the tone of voice you use because they are asking you for things you disagree with, that is a sure way to get a one-star review. People are very instinctual in how they respond to one another. If you don't hold yourself correctly and say it in a certain and caring way without contempt, they will pick it up no matter what words you use and you will sense the consultation turn into a hostile place. And this is what ends up with the one-star reviews. Hopefully you will find this easy to avoid if you really do care about all your patients, even the ones you never want to treat. Build that care into your message and you have nothing to fear by saying no to people you don't feel comfortable to treat. I hope that's been helpful. Let me know in the comments if you like these consultation type videos and we'll do more of them. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you next week.